1: All right, guys. We have a great episode uh, for you today. This is episode eight, uh, and our topic today is a good or what a good work environment or residency looks like. Uh, so we touched on a bunch of good things. Yeah, um, I think
2: we hit the gamut, didn't we today?
1: Yeah, and I think our overall theme, uh, even though I don't know that we explicitly said it, was uh, this idea of abundance and growing together and getting better together. Not only the the clinician or, or you, the listener, but your team, your supervisor, and then your clients.
2: Yeah, it's not about any one person growing here or any one person's agenda. It's about how the team functions together.
1: Right. Um, so it's it's not about, you know, this is my slice of the pie and I'm going to keep it all, but it's, it's uh, how do I make this pie bigger so that we can all um, get better together. Um, so we hope you enjoy this episode of Informed Consent. Welcome back to Informed Consent. Uh, before we get to our episode today, we have a brand new sponsor Lost Boys Strength and Conditioning. They are a small local strength and conditioning gym um, that reached out to us because they heard what we are doing. And um, as it turns out, they have a small uh, uh, membership uh, that is comprised of. Uh, a little bit of mental health professionals and they saw uh, what we were doing and what we were bringing to the podcasting world um, as helpful to them and they wanted to support us. Um, So Lost Boys uh, mission statement states that they strive to be a companion with their members to spark change throughout their lives they have a passion for encouraging others to find their beauty within their pursuit of excellence spanning through fitness nutrition and mental health Uh, we think they're going to make great partners with us we align uh, with their goals and dreams and uh, we're happy to be working with them Uh, and that's it for us now on to the episode
2: Hello, and welcome to Informed Consent. I'm Heather. And I'm Gabriel. And today we're talking about what a good work environment or residency environment looks like.
1: Yeah, and I think it's uh, this is a a topic that I think is close to me uh, because I have had some really great supervisors and I've had some um, people that talked to me um, that weren't really supportive and weren't really helpful on any kind of professional or um, maybe not personal, maybe that's not necessary, but in any kind of personal or professional level, um, they were just kind of checking in, making sure I was actually working.
2: It was more about managing your hours and things like that, and less about really providing leadership and helping you grow as a professional.
1: Right. Yeah. I think, um, in, in any way you slice it, um, most of our most if you are listening, you're a clinician, and and you want to get better and you want to grow and. And if you're just only being asked about how your um, hours are coming along, then you, you are being stifled. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's and no this has
2: been anymore. kind of a common theme that we've talked about over time, I think. Um, one, because we're in community mental health, yep. and they're, they can be numbers-driven at time, And so not beating that up, it's just the hard facts of that's what a lot of people's experiences is in this field. And we want to move past that.
1: Right, and it kind of comes up to maybe an issue of balance. Is your supervisor um, or boss balanced in, all right, let's look at your productivity. Let's look at your your billable hours. Mm -hmm. How can we improve that? And then once we've figured that out, hopefully there's another 45 minutes to – or at least a half an hour of. Let's talk about your clients and where you're struggling and where you can improve with them and then grow. Um, from there.
2: Sure, and if you're really focused on doing good clinical work, the hours come, because if you're a good, solid clinician, you have clients that are coming through the door looking for you, and I think that's a piece that agencies sometimes miss. Right. So let's talk about what good ones look
1: like. Right, and I think um, in probably one of our uh, old conversations, we, the the idea of leadership came up, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is paramount, how that how your supervisor leads is um, is very important, if not maybe one of the most important things for them to um, to do is is whether or not they're leading or not or managing. I think you said that already.
2: Yeah. Um, and so, seeing it, when you're looking for a good site for either work or residency or both, um, looking for someone who leads with accountability keeps you accountable but also themselves accountable um and make sure that they're focused on growth right yours and theirs but certainly yours if it's definitely if it's a residency
1: yeah and i think that's um i think you said yours and theirs and i think that's super important um all too often i um i saw um you know the supervisor's have been like, "I'm the supervisor, so I've kind of arrived, so I'm I'm good to go." Let's focus on you, and it's like, "No, you have more stuff going on than I do." And not only can I not take you seriously because your life's a wreck um, and you're not providing good supervision, um, but you're you're actively. And I think this probably goes back to our like, "You are the five people that you surround yourself with." Mm-hmm. Um, now you're like infecting me with your inability to improve on yourself. Um, so I think that's, uh, a really important part, but I won't jump on my soapbox.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We can get high (laughs) on that, but certainly you want the person leading you to have a philosophy that you're never done learning. Right. Like that's a lifelong process. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, and I think I've mentioned that I read, um, uh, Creatures of a Day by Irving Yalom, who's like a thousand years old. Um, and in the end of the, that book is, is awesome. You guys need to read it. That book is separated. Each chapter is a different case study or a different client that he had. had. Um, and the last chapter is, you know, like him pointing at the fact that he has hundreds of (laughs) years of experience. Um, and in each of those cases, the direction that he wanted to go or he thought would be best for the client or that he thought the client may want to go ended up not being Right. And each one of those clients still taught him yet again, you know, this is not about you or your journey or or him rather, but it's about the client's journey. And and if I just follow the client, then it'll be okay. And I think he even says at the end of the book, like, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not done learning. Like, I'm still learning new things. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think that was, that book is not only humbling, but also like. Like, man, he's, you read it and you're like, dude, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's
2: why he's such a great teacher. Yeah. And this is the environment you want to work in and you want to learn in because it promotes your development as mm-hmm. a person and as a professional.
1: But then you're also not like, oh man, I'll never reach that standard because on, on the backhand of you, you like reveling in how great he is, he's like, I'm not done. Like I'm still, I still mm-hmm. make mistakes a lot and uh, I'm not perfect and, and that's okay. So you're kind of like, oh, oh
2: all right, He's human. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. want someone who's human as well.
1: Right. So I think th- those two things go hand in hand. Um, so, yeah. Um, our next point is delegating and how they delegate um, responsibilities and, and, and clients and uh, maybe even hours and stuff like that or things that uh, they're supposed to do or maybe things that they don't need to do that there may be
2: mm-hmm.
1: someone else that – uh, maybe better at doing that or can handle that better.
2: Or that could learn from doing it.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, that brings up um, assessments. I think when I started my residency, I had done n- no assessments. I hadn't done any because um, the supervisor that I had at the time just did them all. Um, and um, I was like, I need, I need this for licensure. Like, I need to do this. Um, and it was probably close to my time of leaving them that that they were finally like, "All right, you can help out. You can help out," and it was out of necessity, not because they wanted wanted help, but they needed it. Um, so, how are they delegating those things, and are they? I mean, that goes back to growth, I think. So,
2: yeah, making sure that you are <laughs> learning every aspect as it's being a part of your residency, right? Yep. You know, and being able to take that feedback and giving you good quality feedback so that you can grow as well, so that you know, there being feedback that goes both ways,
1: right. Um, going up the chain of command, Mm -hmm. um, so to speak, um, and back down. Um, and I think, um, uh, I can't remember who I was talking, I talked to so many people that I can't remember who I was talking to, but I read, um, uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willing about, um, the Navy SEALs and how they lead, and I think it was probably their last, um, their last point, they have, like, each chapter is a different, um, skill, or trait that you need to, to master to be a great leader. And I think one of the last one is, is being able to take feedback from everyone below you but also be skilled enough as a communicator to give it above you. Um, so to your point, I think that's, um, that's really helpful to have that good relationship where mm-hmm. you're able to say like, you know, I, this isn't really working for me or maybe it's like, you know, supervision would work better for me if we did it this way. And then being able to take that, um, that feedback well, but you also giving it to them and not like a rude snide, like you're screwing up here and I don't like it. Yeah. You, know? you
2: being able to communicate your needs right, right in a way that they can be heard.
1: Right. Um, so yeah, up and down the chain of command.
2: Yeah. Cause really the whole, the whole piece of this is that any good work environment doesn't stay static. It You don't stay on this little island, this little status quo island. You want to be able to move off of that. And that's what a good work environment does is it challenges you. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it also, on to our next point, I think it also challenges our team and how that supervisor um, manages that team and how the environment... Um, How your work environment um, affects your team and how they affect each other and all that. And I think that's really important, also.
2: Yeah, because you need a team atmosphere. Right. You know, you need to know who each other are, first and foremost, first and last name, which we we are going (laughs) to chuckle about that. But there there have been times where you don't know your coworkers first and last names. One, they don't stick around long enough. Um, And two, you guys are ships passing in the night um, if you're in community mental health sometimes.
1: Yeah, um, I distinctly, well, I should say distinctly. I don't know if that's the right word for this story. But I remember uh, a lady that I worked with that I don't remember her last name. Um, I know that she worked with, um, uh, she did the same service that I did, but I, uh, I remember her first name. Uh, I think she had two kids, uh, and, uh, that's it. That's all I knew about her. And I worked with her for like a year and a half. Um, so, but, but also to that point, um, can, you know, if, if I'm sick, am I going to trust her to work with my clients? I don't, I don't, you don't know, know this her. person. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, part
2: of a team is, and especially in community mental health is that you have each other's back. You know, you can count on each other when things get tough. You need to have that. And you know, who can you call on your way home from your last client and just melt down to because it was a tough session. Right. And you know, if you don't have that, then you're going to burn out.
1: Yeah. Because let's be honest, our, unless your spouse is in mental health also, You know, you're not going home to someone who's like, oh, man, I totally get that, you know? Yeah.
2: I'm sorry you had a rough day and you're getting home at 9 o'clock at night.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you definitely need those people that you can um, lean on.
2: And even if your spouse is in mental health, is that really what you want to be talking about at home? When you
1: get home? No, probably not, Mm -hmm. Um, unless unless you're enjoying the process together of, like, this is This is what I did today, and this is how this worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, But not after, like, I had a terrible day and a terrible session. Let's talk about it. And it's like, well, that's what we talked about last night, and the night before that, and the night before Mm -hmm. that. Don't you have other, you know, other colleagues that can help? Yeah, can't you put the kids to bed?
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, and, and knowing each other and having each other's back, you've got to have an atmosphere that promotes the team environment. And so how does this agency promote a team environment. Mm-hmm. What does the team area look like? Is everybody in their own offices? Are the doors open or closed? I mean, people have offices? I've, yeah, well, so <laughs> I've, and, and it depends on how the agency's set up. I've walked into agencies and seen nothing but closed doors with keys hanging in them, <coughs> oh, you right, know, yeah. and then also ones with doors open wide. Right. Um, and I've also seen work rooms where desks are up against the walls um, and computers facing the walls. And then those where the desks are facing each other and the computers are facing each other. Right. And so what does that environment look like when you're going in? Is this gonna? Does this feel like a team, or does this feel like everybody's doing their own individual thing? Yeah,
1: it's just like um, you know that, cla- that that classic example of like cubicle work, where no one knows each mm-hmm. other, and they're in their cubicle, and they do they work, and then they leave, and they go home, and they and that's it, and you don't really know anyone else. Um, and is that the is that the team that you want to be a part of, and is that the team that you think is gonna um, support you, um, and also support? Um, like your level of self-care and your level of, you know, whether or not you're taking care of yourself and sharing that load in that respect. So maybe not even in in how you're – the treatment uh, of your clients and those, like, interventions and things like that, but also how are you taking care of yourself? Are they going to be able to recognize, you know, like, you look pretty – you know, what's going on? Like, do you need a a, a day off? Do you need something um, else to help you kind of – Do you need to talk? yeah I mean that too,
2: yeah, and so you know, do you guys go to lunch together? do you take lunch? Yeah. <laughs> even um, do you have potlucks? you mm-hmm. know how, how what does y'all's lunch hours look like kind of thing right. around here? Um, do you have fun together? yeah, you know, what do you do that promotes team unity here
1: mm-hmm. and even if not, like are you able to um, like joke around with each other yeah and and um, be silly have some banter, yeah, back and forth yeah. Um, I think that c- creates a, a strong team. But it also, um, you know, if you're in a in a kind of a group setting uh, in the office with a bunch of clients, that's a really great uh, model for what a team or like a quote-unquote family looks mm-hmm. like is everyone's getting along, everyone's laughing, and everyone's having a good time. That may be um, one of the few times they see uh, a team modeled for them in that way. They may go home to... You know, something completely, completely... Yeah, if um, no one
2: different. in the office speaks to each other and it's kind of a cold environment, it doesn't like feel I like a I very warm, them. welcoming environment right. for for yourself as a professional or for our clients either.
1: It's not really a great environment for change.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or growth. And so on that point, too, thinking about trainings, how are you going to grow in this position? How are you going to grow clinical skills? How are you going to grow personally, you know? What do their trainings look like? That's a great question to ask.
1: Yeah, and, and how are those trainings um, set up? Um, are they separated where all of the um, clinicians in a particular service um, come together and, and they train? Or is it like you know the entire agency is going to get together and everyone from um, the, uh, I guess, all of the services are coming together and, and having this training where, the training has to be geared towards, um, and 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 I say this with no like disrespect or, or on a high horse, but to those people with um, like just bachelor's degrees, as opposed to maybe people like if a psychiatrist is coming or a master's degree. Like if you were talking to me, I just have my master's, but if you were talking to a group of psychiatrists, they'd probably be bored with a conversation mm-hmm. geared towards me who's just someone who has their masters.
2: Yeah, and so they want to be about promoting growth and so if it's if there are masters level clinicians who are in residency in the same training as paraprofessionals and it's geared towards the paraprofessionals, then you're not necessarily growing your skill. Now I'm not saying we all have to be separate in our trainings because I think we learn a lot from being together, but I think we need to have trainings that challenge us. And so finding out how they, how they do their Mm -hmm. trainings, who's in each training, how often they're offered. Do they have a budget for out of office training? Do they allow you to go to state national conferences? Um, or just you know down the street or at the next agency <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah or do you have to be sick that day to get to be able to go yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm. I think uh, sorry I was drinking water guys um, I think um, I don't know, maybe I, I didn't share the story if I did um, it's funny so um, I, we, I was in a training where the entire agency was together and we were talking about um, um, I can't remember oh we were talking about whether or not the clients um, the change could be facilitated given uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that these kids aren't eating and the argument that was being placed was you know these kids aren't being loved and or fed or getting enough sleep because they're in these terrible environments um, is counseling even uh, possible or even helpful because they're in a survival mode not in a like let's talk about my feelings but in a I need to know where my next meal is going to come from because I've missed you know a week's worth um, and a lady, Raised her hand very confidently, and she said, "What's um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs?" And that was like an hour into like a five-hour seminar, or it wasn't a seven hours of training. Um, And I wanted to pull my hair out. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this!" She's now set the tone for, for what we're doing, and and to me, that's like one of the first things that you learn in high school psychology is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and she didn't know, and it's. And the entire room was, I think, her service filled maybe like a tenth of everyone else. So more than half the room is like a deep sigh and like, all right, we just got to get through this training just for today.
2: Yeah, and so it moves from professional growth for you, for the majority of the room, to professional growth for some people in the room. Right. But – it's the trainings aren't geared towards who can best benefit from them for what level, right? Um, and kudos to her for asking, yeah. What's, but how, what at what the bravery. same time, <laughs> yeah, good for her. Um, but at the same time, it sounds like maybe the agency needed to structure things a little bit differently.
1: Yeah, because eventually, the you know the day became like let's educate, um, you know, this other service or these these other level of professionals on the very very basic stuff mm-hmm. um, when it had been. Many 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 years since, and I'm not even that old. Um, since that information had been presented, but you feel
2: like you're spinning your wheels in that kind of setting. Yeah, and it's what, a waste of time. Yeah, and what the rest, you know, the rest of you were wanting was how to how to do a new type of skill. Yeah. You wanted new skill development instead of of review. Yeah, right,
1: right. Um,
2: and so that's yeah. what we want. That's how we grow: is by learning new things.
1: Right, and, and there's nothing necessarily wrong wrong with a review. Um, but not not an entire training, five hours um, ah. on it is a little rough. Um, so yeah, um, our next point um, is uh, consistent supervision.
2: Yeah. So how how is supervision offered, and when, and at what frequency?
1: Right. Are you scheduled out? Um, you know, at the same time every week, every day, um, or not every day? The <laughs> um, same time every week. Um, and that's you have a standing uh, appointment, or uh, you know, or is your supervisor just we well, just text me when it works for you next week, and then you miss a week, and then you miss another week, and then another week, and then um, you know, before you know it, you're in your residency and you're like a couple months behind. Um,
2: well, if you're in Virginia and you're a resident, you're supposed to be getting a minimum of an hour a week, yeah. um, but with that being said, I won't get on that soapbox, <laughs> but certainly making sure that you have that your supervisor is meeting your needs for frequency and duration of of supervision.
1: Right. So if you, um, need to get that, uh, I guess you want to be done with your residency in two years, you know, meeting one hour a week, uh, isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, So, um,
2: but are you, and are you getting an hour a week? Do they say, well, just come stop by my office when you need to, or is there a designated time? Like we have an hour, we have an hour and a half a week that you and I meet individually. And then we also have group supervision every week or every other week or once a month, you know, just how often is it and what does that look like?
1: Right. And then what also is being discussed in supervision? I think we, we touched on this in the beginning of the episode, um, and I'll glaze over it again real quick, but is it 30 minutes of? you know, you didn't bill enough in these last two weeks, why not? And then it becomes, you're on the chopping block for mm-hmm. um, not billing enough, and it's like, well, you know, I mean, there there may be just excuses um, that range from you just didn't want to work, which clearly, if you're in the mental health field, that's probably not the excuse that you'll have, but it's like, well, I don't have, I don't have the clients. And it's like, well, still, you had one, and it's like, you want me to bill... Uh, for one client for a max number of hours or my required number of hours I'm supposed mm-hmm. to meet and is that the entire time that uh
2: yeah or is supervision rich in skill development and what's going on with this client what are you struggling with what are you doing well mm-hmm. you know where where do you see conti- a continued need for education and training mm-hmm. um, what are th- are we practicing within the bounds of of the, what the board of counseling thinks, those kind of things. Right. You know, that would be the ideal.
1: Yeah, and then on the back end of that, what does group supervision look like? Is yeah. Group supervision, um, you know, an hour. Is it staff
2: meeting? Just is called group supervision. Right. Or is it group supervision? And how many people are in it? You know, is it maximum six? Which it has to be to count in Virginia uh-huh. for licensing um, for licensure supervision. But what is the makeup of that? Is it one person who's master's level counselor? Um, is it a lot of people who are licensed? Is it, you know, which is intimidating for people who right. are not licensed? Is it, you know, primarily paraprofessionals? You know, is there a, a good mix to make it worthwhile to have those those um, groups together? Right. Or is it too heavy in one?
1: Right, right. Um, and then again, what, what the content of that meeting is, um, like you said, is it just uh like a staff meeting of these are the new changes to like our system of note taking and this mm-hmm. is how this is how things are changing this month um or are they everyone's playing off of each other and and like we said before being that team of um you know that issue you're having with that client. Maybe I had that client a couple of years ago, or maybe I had a client similar, had a similar experience with that, and this is what I did, and whether that collaboration is, um, is there.
2: Yeah, so really, it, there is a difference between staff meeting and supervision, group supervision, and so making sure you have time for both.
1: Yeah, yeah. I but think need, yeah, what, yeah, but is
2: time. group supervision different?
1: Right, right. And I think the last thing to look at is uh, whether you feel alone and isolated at your job. Um. Do you feel supported? And I guess this is kind of like a summary of our entire episode today. Is do you feel supported by your supervisor, by your teammates, or do you leave your house, drive to your clients, drive home, and then re- you know repeat that process? Um, and don't see anybody for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you have that uh, that support from your coach? Yeah,
2: because ideally, you would feel like you're growing. That you have a team that you're growing with and that you have a supervisor who you're mm-hmm. growing under.
1: Yeah, and then everyone is getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, your clients are, are benefiting from your own growth. Your clients are benefiting from the team's growth and your clients are benefiting from your supervisor's growth. And then everyone's mm-hmm. growing together and everyone's getting to be better and better and better. Um, and then, you know, who ultimately who wins? I mean, everyone wins. Sure. The agency wins the team wins you win and, and ultimately client our wins. clients yeah, yeah. Um, so why wouldn't you be doing this <laughs> it's, yeah it's <laughs> why wouldn't you be trying to cultivate um, that uh, that peak performance of your team sure. to benefit everybody um, so yeah
2: yeah so we want to hear what your experiences are listeners with whether with good work sites and with ones that you wish would improve
1: yeah um, and, and let us know um, if you have, uh, any qualms with what we said today, uh, questions um, or like Heather said any stories about uh, good times, bad times um, hopefully there will be a lot of, of um, good insights of well this is what my company does and, and I really like it because and maybe there's another agency or another supervisor that's listening that hasn't thought about that and they can say oh yeah now I can implement in that um, and then we have a, a, a really nice abundant community. Um,
2: yeah. This is the start of the conversation, hopefully.
1: Absolutely. Um, So join the conversation. Head over to informedconsentpodcast.com and click on Join the Conversation. Um, From there, you can fill out our form uh, with your uh, name and email and then your your message to us about about what you have to say to us. So thanks for listening and uh, have a good day.